Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 613. Why I listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And I always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show. Hey. Hey now. Um, so we're going to talk about what do I need right now? Uh, I need a little more sleep. <laughs> do need, you? You didn't get enough sleep? I don't sleep? know. I just, well, we just woke up. We're doing an early morning recording. Well, and you know, those are, those are parts of it. What do I need right now? Like those basic things. But I also think there's sometimes a bigger issue at play. Like, um, are we practicing self-betrayal where we are actually putting our needs last in every way, shape and form? Are we taking breaks? Are we realizing, are, do you ever like notice how sometimes we get running and like, we're just like trying to run from something rather than deal with it? Yeah. And you're kind of kicking the can down the road. Yeah. And that we keep trying to like put like a bandaid on something and yeah. like, I'm just going to move forward rather than like deal with it. And what do I need right now sometimes means stopping, sometimes it means looking, sometimes it means dealing, sometimes it means feeling. Um, and I just want to kind of talk through that a little bit. Let's talk about that. But first, I want to talk about a, a NAMI walk, National Alliance of Mental Illness, September 18th. They have these walks all over the country. The one in Chicago happens to be September 18th. I am walking to raise awareness and funds for this amazing organization with my family, Please join us. We are 13% of our way to the goal, which isn't where I was hoping we'd be right now. But uh, if you sign up and give a little bit to this wonderful organization, I would love it. Is the link below? In the this link point? is on the okay. show notes. And then we have we do this thing called Team Zen. We have a Zen talk this Friday at 9 a.m. So if there's something you happen to be challenged by and you want Todd and Kathy to respond in real time with you on the Zoom call, That's there's a way to do that. We have 123 of these end talks. Our new operations assistant, Patrick McKenna, is right now categorizing all 123 Zen talks so that if you have a specific question that you want to hear about, but somebody's already asked something similar to that, call it an anxious child, call it um, my kid... I just caught my kid watching porn. You can go back into our archives and listen to exactly how you and I responded to that. So it's interesting. Sometimes I call Team Zen like a third podcast because really it's a community and it's a live podcast in the moment. But then you have this whole catalog mm -hmm. of podcasts you can listen to if you're part of Team Zen. So if you join, you you get access to all of those. The, the minute you join, you have access to 123 of our former podcasts. Um, first month is free. Just enter the coupon code FRIEND. So hopefully you join us on Friday morning at 9 a.m. for our 124th Zen Talk. So what I just did right now, sweet. Oh, we got to do Zen Parenting Moment. Okay. There was one that you did last Tuesday, I think. It was called Stand Up. Fall seven times, stand up eight. That's a Japanese proverb. Fall seven times, stand up eight. And there's a part of me that wants to read it because it's so good, but it might come better if you just telling the story of you being on the floor in the shower. Sure. Well... I wrote about something that happened years and years ago, 13 years ago to be exact, where, and this story is just an example of feeling a certain way, right? So I was, um, I had just had a miscarriage and I, you were traveling and I had two little girls, 
very small and I was very tired and um, very overwhelmed with my own grief and what I had to do and what was going on in my life at the time, everything. And um, I was in the shower and I was sitting on the ground in the shower and I was, I had decided I was done, whatever that means, you know, parents can understand that where you're like, I'm just done. Yeah, that's it. And, and I was just done. And then my daughter came in and opened the shower curtain and said, I need something in my closet. And I was so upset inside because I felt like, how did, how dare she ask me to go get something when I'm so done? And then I realized she doesn't know how I'm feeling and she's not asking for a big thing. She's only like three foot, whatever, Mm -hmm. and can't reach in her closet. And that's what you do. You ask big people. So I thought, okay, I can go do this. So I said, okay, I will, I will go help. And then I stood up and got a towel and got the thing down for her and she took it and walked away. And then I realized it just became one of those moments where I was like, wow, when you think you're completely done, you're not, that you always have something below like this, you know, I can't remember exactly how I wrote about it, but like there's this well of grace that lives below you where there's always a place to pull from, even if it's just to stand up for the day or to get up and get that thing out of the closet. And um, I just remember that when I, because how many times have I thought to myself since then, I'm done, I can't do anything else. And sometimes you have to, and I don't mean just like clean the kitchen. I mean, you have to get out of bed. You have to stand up. You you have to move out of the way. You, you have to um, take care of yourself. You have to jump in the shower. And sometimes when we think we're done, we're not. You know, you know what it made me think of? You said like there's this well of grace underneath uh-huh. that you always have access to if you can just go get it. Um, this is where my brain goes. Terminator, the movie. Remember at the end where the Terminator, uh, I don't know if it's Terminator 1 or Terminator 2, two but the red light goes out in his pupil uh-huh. and you think he's done and uh-huh. you think the movie's over and bad things are about to happen. Uh-huh. And then the secondary power comes in and then all of a sudden he rises back to life. Huh, okay. So talk about the difference between me and you. Yeah, I, I go Terminator. I would go to the other side of that and think about the protagonists of that movie and how many times they are almost done. Well, I think the one I'm talking about is where Arnold is the good guy. Oh, where he's the good guy. Yeah, okay, good, and good, his good. light goes out because he's got that big stake through his yes, chest cavity. Then the secondary power. And then all of a sudden you see his red light go back on. And right. you're like, oh, it's kind of like E.T. with the heart. Right. You know, you think he's gone and right. then all of a sudden the light goes on. Right. And they get like a second wind. And here's the thing, like a second wind is not always like, because I like that you brought up a movie version of a second wind. Because sometimes in a movie, it's like someone gets a second wind and they stand up and all of a sudden they have 100% of the power they had before. That was not the experience I had. What I had was... I can do this thing. Like I was talking to one of my daughters last night about sometimes when you're looking ahead and you're like, there's so many hard things ahead Mm -hmm. and it's like, let's just stand up and do this thing. Yeah. And then, you know, as I I told her that it kind of Glennon has claimed this phrase that just do the next right thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And when I say claimed, I think she's, she's possibly the first person to say it. I don't know, but I attribute it to her. Um, just do the next right thing. And sometimes that means getting out of bed. Sometimes that means standing up from the shower and getting the thing down from the closet. Sometimes it means, you know, uh, could be the next difficult conversation that you don't want to have. That's how you just took the words out of my mouth, like saying the thing, you know, that's hard. And there's sometimes we're like, I can't, I can't, I'm done. It's over. I can't. And then it's like, 
it no it's not it's never so we think it's over and I, our brain tricks us and thinks that we'll die if we have this difficult conversation yeah it's interesting it really is that it's even, primal it's primal like our mind is telling us it's not literally using the words you will die but the feeling of terror or discomfort that we have feels like a certain death because it really is if we go beyond it, it's a disobeying of our ego. Mm -hmm. So it really is a death of the ego for yeah. the moment of like- Momentary death of the ego. I choose life. I choose the next thing. I choose breath. I choose standing up instead of saying you're done. Yeah. Because, and the thing is, is I don't think you ever get beyond that feeling of having like d occasional days or times where you're like, I'm done. I can't do anything else. Like, I think that's very human. So that's why the Japanese proverb of- um, fall down seven, get up eight is so important because it's never, that doesn't necessarily end. What continues is the getting up. I kind of had this this morning. I, I rolled out of bed. I knew we were going to do an early morning podcast. I put in my earphones and I listened to my, my morning news podcast and the news this morning sucks. Kabul just fell and COVID is back on the rise. And I'm just like, this just sucks. And um, it's a little bit different it, from your shower story, but there's a, I feel a little demoralized well, this morning. Macro and micro, right? Yeah, right. Like there's micro things in our own lives and then there's macro things like Afghanistan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think of all the like 20 years and the amount of lives and money that was spent to try to rebuild this mm -hmm. country. And people. And in a week. It, so I, at this now moment, I'm going to try to just own the fact I'm demoralized from the macro news that I heard this morning while at the same time, can I use this lesson of fall seven, stand up eight and see how that will help me and support me to wake up and have a day that, that the world needs me to have or that I need me to have. Yeah. Like, and that's, and my question always is to myself, what, what's your option here? Right. Like, are you going to stay in this shower? Right. Like, are you going to really just be done? Are you going to disengage from this relationship? Are you going to, like, I understand the feeling. It, it's interesting because we're going to talk about breaks today, mm -hmm. that that's important too. This isn't like, it's interesting because we're not calling this grit yeah. and we're not calling this like always keep going, never stop, never stop, never stopping. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not saying that because sometimes you do need to stop, but there are times, there are moments, there are decisions where even in the midst of, you know, I can't, there is part of you that can just so you can do the next thing, not everything, just the next you thing. You know what this, this is another story that just popped into my mind and I don't know if I read it or if I observed it, but it was something about ultra marathoners or somebody doing the Ironman. And you know, sometimes when your body like just starts is to starting shake. to shut mm -hmm. down I remember there was one person that was struggling with that and they were having a hard time continuing. And the guy who, the guy was trying to encourage the person who was struggling. And it's like the best thing you could do right now, and it sounds weird, is to keep running. Because? Just because the idea of staying still seems like that's what you need. But if you're going to complete this race, staying still is a bad idea because then all of a sudden your body freezes up more, oh. like your body just kind of gets paralyzed because sort of like the best thing you could do at this moment where the last thing you want to do is to keep running is to keep running. Yeah, you know, it's so it's such a paradox because 
I totally hear that. And I like the analogy. And then there's part of me, like the mother part of me or the self-care part of me that's like, do you have to finish the marathon? Yeah, right. And so it's like the analogy works, but there are times when I'm like, if your body's shutting down mm-hmm. or that, because this is where we get into self-betrayal of like, are we not listening to the messages? This gets really you know, Todd and I are going to talk about this from all different points of view. It's messy. It's not simple. Like, hey, wake up, do this, feel this way, and you'll be okay. Because sometimes you need to take a break. Sometimes, like, if a body is literally shutting down, mm-hmm. you would think rest yeah. would be important. But you're saying in this analogy. Well, and I think that's the thing. that That's the paradox of life. The paradox of this podcast is we can go either left or right. And left could be wrong or it could be right. right. And the other, uh, the opposite direction could be the idea is can you pause and tune in to see what actually needs to happen? But if you're reacting from this um, egoic or fear based place and you regress back into yourself, like you're, you're in the shower, you're stuck. And sometimes the best thing is to get out of the shower and help your kid get the thing off the shelf. Yeah. And there's other times where you might have to say to your kid, I'm not available right now. I need to do some self-care, but I'll be in in an hour instead of in two minutes. And I've done that before as well. Like that's why, you know, it's like one story. You know, whenever you read things like this, like, you know, these essays that I put out and I put out a story about something I've done and then sometimes it can be viewed as the all-encompassing, like this is what you should do in this situation. And I could write that exact same story with a different decision that was made. The opposite decision. That was still the good choice. I think that the good choice, meaning that I didn't betray myself, that I said, hold on, Mm -hmm. I need a break. Can you wait? We're not gonna get that thing out of the closet. And I then continued to cry and release what I needed. That wouldn't necessarily be wrong either. Like, I'm not trying to write a Rocky story. It's just a example of sometimes we have more than we thought. And our brain, and my brain does the exact same thing, wants instruction. Certainty. And if we're saying this may be the wrong answer in this moment, but in this one for me, it was the right answer, I can see how the listener would be like, that's really, really confusing. So, you know, I've said it once and I'll say it again. It's not what we do. It's from one place. It's from what place are we doing it from? Well, and it's so individual. Like um, every moment is a... Yeah. Yeah. Like how, what led up to that bathtub? Like it was, I go like, think about the person who was having that experience that I am where you're grieving, you're alone, you're overwhelmed and you've never taken a break. Like you've always been the go, go mom. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you finally get in the bathtub and have a good cry. Mm -hmm. It maybe what you're pulling from, from your well is the opportunity to grieve. And it's not time to stand up for me in that moment. I had been grieving for a while, which is fine. I have no problem with that. I continued to grieve after. But I was like standing up made me feel more capable of continuing than letting go. So the reason why I'm saying this is that when people look for answers inside of a story for them, you have to go with what resonates for you in the moment because there is your experience like the, you know, this show or Anything you experience through art or your life is is how you perceive it and how you need what you need in the moment, which is what we're talking. That's the title of the show. What do you need? Well, and real quick, and maybe we'll, then we'll jump into what do we need right now. Um, you know, 
whether we're in a presentation and parents ask us questions or a team's end discussion and they'll say, well, what do I do because this happened? And many times you have said, I don't know because I don't know your kid. Right. Like there's so many variables. There is no one no. way except for maybe like, and I think we've talked about this, like love over lack of, you know. Well, think about it this way. It's the pillars of, of like if you go to our Zen Parenting Radio website, we have at the bottom, these are the pillars of this show, mm -hmm. you know, self-awareness, compassion, connection, and mindfulness. Those are the only thing in the book that I wrote that's coming out in February. Those are the things that you can depend on. Yeah. Meaning you can always go there, but what that may look like in the moment may be different. Yeah, like, compassion might mean compassion towards your kid who needs you right now. Or, or compassion yourself. may be towards yourself. So Right. So certainty can lie in those things, mm -hmm. but it doesn't give you a specific answer. Yeah, and I love answers. I know. Well, I, I do too. You know, like right now, honestly, I'm so internally messy right now because there's just so much going on with school starting and my daughter going to school and just, you know, like you said, the macro issues of the world, you know, COVID and, you know, Afghanistan and everything else, um, fires, you yeah. know, like I'm so internally messy. Um, and I guess I'm in a phase of fall down seven, get up eight where I'm like, well, we still have a lot of things to do here. And I don't, I mean, work-wise, I mean, like, my my girls have to go to school. We have to get JC where she needs to go. We have to take care of, you know, mm -hmm. we have a wedding in our family this year. We mm -hmm. have to, you know, support my niece. And we, so I, I don't wake up and say, wow, I'm just free and clear. Yeah. I just can only do this thing right now. Um, and what that looks like may look different than what it looks like for you. Sure. Um, and there are times when I just lose it and cry and then there's times that I'm feeling the exact same way, but I'm having a conversation with someone just like I am right now. Yeah. But the messiness is not gone. It's just like, how am I reacting to it yeah. right now? So so what do I need right now? That's what we're titling this podcast. Yeah. And we are 18 minutes in and we're about to begin our so topic. I think that like I want to talk about the definition of self-betrayal only because... It's such a strong word. I thought maybe we'll call the show self betrayal, and I was like, "Well, like yeah, even I was a the energy." Yeah, surprised that you used that word. Yeah. Well, the reason, it, it, purposefully, because it's so strong. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I want people to recognize the difference between self healing or self love and self betrayal. Okay. Because I think sometimes self betrayal is held up as being like more empathetic, mm. and it's really not um, toward other people. I mean, like mm. for example, self betrayal could be I put everyone else's needs before my own and feel resentment by mm. other people. Mm. Okay, so that's really betraying yourself, but how many people do that? Yeah. And I feel like something I've had to practice personally is because when people are struggling around me or telling me what they're feeling, I I feel their feelings and kind of take them on and kind of process them through my body and so I can relate mm -hmm. because I really like to relate. Um, and sometimes I can relate because I've had the same experience or I just take that energy and just mull it through my body so I can be like, I can like bathe myself in all their pain. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. And as it won't surprise you, that's not a great idea. Yeah. Um, and that why isn't why isn't it a great idea? What well, happens to you when you do? Well, that? I think it. You know, it's kind of like eating food that your body doesn't know what to do with. Um, it's not mine, yeah. so like my body doesn't know how to respond mm. to it, react to it, uh, integrate it. It shouldn't be integrating it because it's not mine. Process it, feel it. So it's inevitable that you know 
that I'm going to feel pain from other people because I love people, um, you know, especially my immediate family where it's like, well, of course I'm going to feel this because my kids are you or yeah. my mom or whatever's feeling this. But then what I have to do is practice a little more in that moment, self-healing where I'm also learning what my needs are mm -hmm. and how to meet them in this moment. It, it doesn't mean I walk away and say, sorry, my needs first. It's just like, okay, I don't think I'm going to inhale all of that right now. I think I'm going to have part of this conversation and, or I'm going to listen to this. And now I'm going to put a little bit of space between me and this issue so I can take care of myself because, it, you know, this all comes down to self-care again. It's like, how do I best support the people I love? And if I inhale everything they're experiencing, then I'm no good. You keep using the word inhale and you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm into movies this morning. Green Mile. Uh huh. Do you remember? Yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen that movie, there's this big man who is accused of this awful crime. It turns out he's a protagonist and... He's like a Christ figure. Yeah. And um, somebody who's sick, he literally will inhale their, their illness mm -hmm. and then he'll get all sick. Mm -hmm. And then I think he releases it. He blew so it out into the air. He blows it out into the air. So that's what I, I, maybe I put that together, but I'm guessing when you saw that movie for the first time, you related in a way that I did not. Oh, for sure. And I've never, I've seen it one and a half times. Delacroix. Because, yeah, because we, you and I have a bunch of jokes about that movie. Like, not jokes about that serious part, but like some of the characters. Yeah. Um, Percy. Percy, yeah. Like we, and so sometimes I'm like, oh, like you'll pass by it. You'll be like, Green Mile, like we're flipping. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. Like I can't, Um, you know, that lovely man, yeah. you know, who just had the power to take away other people's pain, mm. but then allowed himself to be sick and... um and and shunned mm -hmm. in his society like yeah. it is a that story like i said he's a christ figure mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people are actively doing in this moment like yeah. this is not just stories from the bible or from other people or from religion it is there are people right now you know you're talking about in afghanistan people who are going over there right now to save people yeah. and to get like we have a lot of people who inhale other people's pain yeah to help them. And I, all of the healthcare workers right now, mm -hmm. like the stories, the healthcare workers I know, the nurses that I know, plus all of the doctors and every healthcare professional from everybody, everybody who's cleaning the hospital, you know, managing the hospital. I can't imagine how they feel yeah. when they look out in the world and people are like, no, we want to do what we want to do. Yeah. And you have to take care of us even though we're not going to take care of ourselves. I imagine it's very demoralizing. I have one good friend who's an ER doctor and he just said to me on a Marco Polo channel last night, he's like, "This, I just can't believe we're back here. I just can't believe it. Yeah. And that people now, and what I have read from a lot of doctors um, and nurses is what's so frustrating is option A or like, the first time this happened, there were no options. And so it's like, we have to show up and be these frontline people. Yeah. And now there's people coming in who have had options for a long time and they're unwilling to take them. Yeah, it's almost even more torturous. That's what they said, is this one is so much harder. We had we were, we were caught yeah. last year. And now this year, there's some things that we could have reduced slash eliminated and the collective chose not to. So I will just say, because we're kind of beating around the bush, get vaccinated. Yeah. And wear a mask if there's a place where people are saying wear a mask. If it be where you live, if it be in the school, if it be 
in, you know, in a healthcare facility, if it be when you walk through a restaurant, like why, I understand people want their rights mm-hmm. and such, but let's let's do this this way. I feel like this is like such a broken record. Not, I just don't understand. I'm not. I don't love wearing my mask, um, but one of my friends said to me, and it's so simple. He's like, you know, mask wearing doesn't have to be that big of a deal. No. <laughs> and I'm like, when he put it that way, I'm like, oh, he's kind of right. Like it really isn't that big. Like, but my glasses fog up. I can't. I can't. Right. You know, right. This is and this is what I mean about like when when I got to a point in June and July where, I, you know, I wasn't wearing a mask again. It's kind of like and I almost forgot what Mary, wearing a mask was like. And the reason I'm saying that is because that's how quickly we can if we can get through this yeah. and wear our masks, we can go back to, to forgetting it what it was like. Um but then I, you know, we traveled and we had to put, you know, it was like starting all over and we had to wear masks on the plane for four hours or whatever. And I remember the first 30 minutes being like, oh, I forgot this feeling. And then I remember the last two hours being like, I forgot I had it on. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point is, is I understand that everybody is like, I don't like this. Well, welcome to the club, you know, but I also feel like it is so I, I don't have words anymore. Um, every single beautiful writer has talked about this and. I, I guess I just don't understand. It's kind of like fall down eight or st- fall down seven, get up eight. Like what's your alternative yeah. just to fight and beat up people and, mm-hmm. and decrease our ability to manage our healthcare system. Like, so you're going to hurt other people and hurt yourself. And then you won. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I don't understand the, the, what's the, what's the resolution here? Well, and for, you know, I, I've had people in my life that are, are really swimming upstream and refusing to do certain things like wear masks or get vac- vaccinated. And if I can, you know, obviously we took a detour off the topic of this podcast, but if I could just reinforce what has been said a million times, it's not about you. Yeah. Like and, it, and it is. Well, it's it, getting but, vaccinated. But the decision, uh, it's not like, well, I don't care what happens to me if I get COVID, it's not about you. Yeah, like yeah. that That's the most simple way I can try to communicate this message. It's about everybody else that you love. And even if you don't know people, the thing you have to understand is the way that we're created is to support and connect and be community for everyone. It's why humans are conscious. It's why we depend on each other to survive throughout our life cycle, not just as infants, we are here for ourselves and for others. It's why we get, it's why we choose families. Yeah, we're social creatures. We're social creatures. It's why we have best friends. It's why we like to meet people. Like, this is who we are. So when people are like, my decision doesn't affect anyone but me, bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it does. Yeah. It affects healthcare workers. It affects the person next to you. It affects elderly people. It affects immunoco- immunocompromised people. It affects teachers. And you're, if you are, you know, like I was, this doctor that I follow was like, if you really do not want to get vaccinated and you want to um, stay home and you quarantine or isolate and not affect other people, well, then I guess we don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. But if it is, you know, you want to not be vaccinated, but then not wear a mask and return to normal life and have everything you want, that doesn't make sense. I'm not sitting here name calling you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like you, we really need to like break it down, break it down yeah. and be like, that doesn't make any sense. And yes, I understand why you want it just the way that my t- three-year-old child wants this thing in front of them because they just want it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have those 
desires where we're like, I feel like I deserve it or I should get it. And I hear you. Um, but that's not the way things always work. And when we work, you know, sometimes, you know, Todd and I get really deep about how we evolve and, you know, when you guys, when you watch birds fly in the air, where else would they fly? <laughs> um, when you watch birds fly and they all like do this pattern mm-hmm. where they like follow each other and it looks like a dance, it's because they've evolved to a place where they feel each other and connect with each other and move with each other in unison. Same reason the trees feed each other under the ground. The roots feed each other because they are all interconnected. And we are already interconnected as humans, like it or not. But we could do the dance a little better yeah. in the air and we could quit saying, you know, you know, there's a bird in that bird crew who's like, no, no, I don't want him to go that way. I want to go this way. Mm-hmm. And the other birds are like, okay, well, then you're going to run into that tree mm-hmm. because we have this way of doing things that we know will keep each other safe and we're a team. Yeah. And the other birds like, but I want to do it the other way. And, and I, uh, you know, believe me, I've read, I can't, you know, in the last year and especially in the last two months, everything under the sun, there are reasons people's reasons to why they don't want to do certain things, um, governor's reasons. And, and I, and I'm listening. I, you know, when people are like, don't yell at people, just listen. Okay. I'm listening. And I'm, and now I'm responding. I'm responding. Like I, I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm more like, wait, Mm -hmm. what about all these other pieces? So, um, you know, there will always be a certain percentage of people in this country who cannot get vaccines because of their, immune system or because of like, I know there'll always be a percentage, sure, but, but that should not be 30% yeah. or 40%. Right. That's, those are decision makers. Yeah. So, so let's go so back you to said self-betrayal. self-betrayal and then, but there was a second word you used after that. Uh, self-healing, Self, right. self-awareness, self-love. Okay. Um, so the other thing is the a self-betrayal is that I don't trust myself or keep my own word. Mm-hmm. And I think those are people who are like, yeah, I am going to you know, I worked really hard today and tonight I'm going to relax because I know I need that. And then instead getting into bed and scrolling for two Mm -hmm. hours. So you're really, you think you're doing something like, no, I'm going to do what I want, but really you're betraying yourself because you're not going to bed and you're scrolling and you think you're getting something done, but you're not. Yeah. That's the low hanging fruit of, you know, you use your phone, like it's designed to make you want to do it right. at the expense of things that you actually need, Yes, which is silence, breathing, sleep, whatever. And we've all been in that situation. Like I should really be in bed, right? I should be at my eyes should be closed right now, but instead they're open looking at this device. Right. And you're right. Like I, I can't remember. I think I heard this on Glennon's podcast. Uh, her sister was saying something about there's actually a true phenomenon of people who are like, yeah, now I'm going to look at my phone for hours and no one can stop me. And it's this like feeling that we have of like, now I've, now I've gotten my time back and now I get to choose. But really there's nothing in it. It's like empty calories. Mm-hmm. There's like nothing. Yeah. You're not getting anything from it. And you think you're like, screw everybody else. This is my time but you're not feeding yourself in any way, shape, or form. You're actually just staying awake, getting annoyed, feeling overwhelmed. And so what you're doing with that time, although you feel free, it's actually another prison. Yeah. So, um, you know, so uh, that's a form of self-betrayal. Yeah, and I feel like that's the, the ego is winning at this at that moment, like just trying to feed the egoic thought patterns and uh, your essence. Um is 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 taking a back seat 
in in a way that is unhealthy to us all. Right. And like, so the opposite of that, the I don't trust myself or keep my own word would be I make and keep small daily promises to mm-hmm. myself. I, I like that word because I like the idea of, you know, it's not about I'm going to change everything in my life tomorrow and exercise for an hour and do this thing and call these 10 people. It's too much. It's yeah. just small things. So another one, another form of self-betrayal is I perform and deny parts of myself for love and validation. Say it again. I perform and deny parts of myself for love and validation. Mm. Do you know what I mean about perform? Uh, help me out. Well, I perform a certain way. I act a certain way and then also deny parts of myself so I can get love and validation. Yeah. Cause we think that the inauthentic parts of ourselves are more loving than the actual parts of ourselves. Yeah. We think we've learned all these things. Like our brain has taken in all of our traumas, experiences, challenges, pain. Um, and we've come up with these stories around this is safe. This isn't safe. This is something that's okay to say this isn't. And there is room in there that is healthy, Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, I no longer go steal things out of people's hands. That's, I don't get a good result from that. But there's also things that we have in, you know, we've ingested as being truth that aren't like, that isn't truth. Like, you know, if I say what I mean, then people will turn against me. If I speak up for my needs, then my spouse will leave me. Mm. If I tell my kids that they can't do this, they won't love me. Mm. And a lot of these things are like childhood traumas, like your, your fifth grade best friend did that. So you're like, I'm never going to allow that to happen again. And then we haven't worked through it. And you know, the alternative to I perform and deny parts of myself is I'm learning to allow my authentic self, even if I'm misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Because that's sometimes the hardest for me is just kind of like what I was saying about, you know, vaccinations and everything is that I do read and look at other people's opinion and I do listen and, and I honor all human beings for their inherent dignity. And I listen and still with all that, I still have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I know some people will say, well, you, you're just disrespecting me or you don't understand me. And that's not my intention. So even us kind of going on our 15 minute soapbox about COVID and vaccines and masks, like there's a part of my ego that's like, oh, whoever happens to listen to this show who believes in, who's an anti-vaxxer, who doesn't believe in masks, like there's a nervous part of me like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be saying that. Wow. And that's me dismissing what it is that's inside of me. Correct. Because you, you are thinking about, I don't want to offend anybody, which yeah. is honorable. I, I would like people to listen to the show and get the good parts out of it where they can, you know, make their lives feel better, which is, um, it, you know, I like that too. But if we don't say anything, we're not saying anything. Yeah. It's like we have to, you know, even like we all have our versions of the truth. I have my version of the truth. You have your version of the truth. And if I'm going to not say my version of the truth, because somebody on the other side, hearing my words may not like me anymore, I'm basically outsourcing these needs from somebody else and betraying my own. Right. And and your own doesn't mean it's the final say. No, it's You're my... still listening. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, I, re- I listened a couple of weeks ago when you and I were in Seattle, I listened to this really good NPR pro- uh, podcast with seven different versions of why people haven't been mm. vaccinated. And I talked to you about it, remember? Mm. I'm like... I think that was the daily, wasn't it? Yeah, the it was daily? on the daily. It was yeah. like one person was like, I'm still waiting yeah. for FDA approval. Okay. The next person is like, I don't believe in it at all. I've never vaccinated my kids at all. The next person, it was a political reason. Mm-hmm. The next, and there were all these reasons, and I hear all of them. Yeah. And here's my opinion. Yeah, right. So it's not you can't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. It's if I don't say 
what I think, then how will I ever support, like, how do I ever encourage others to look at it from a different perspective? And and it's not about whether or not we say our truth or not. It's hopefully, hopefully from the energy of empathy instead of like beating others down with our opinion, which I don't think we're doing, No, but that's what happens. You know, you turn on the TV and two people are just disparaging each other, debating a topic. Well, like, and I that think doesn't work. That's the big difference is that someone can hear me right mm-hmm. in this moment or when we're talking about race on a show because we, you know, people, we got emails about people like, you shouldn't be talking about race on the show. Like, don't tell me who to be. And, yeah. you know, and, and we get that. Or when we're talking about gun rights and people get upset about that or people can, I understand that people have their own opinion, but the hope is like one of the... Um, one of the models, or, or let me say this in a different way, um, something that you and I try to adhere to is respectful discourse yeah. and discourse with dignity, mm-hmm. meaning I will hear you. And sometimes I get frustrated or I have a different opinion, but is there always room? Is it an, always an open communication? Because I'm always willing to learn more. But I, to, your, to what I said before is I have been learning and listening and, and I still feel this way. Mm-hmm. I still see the people who are the leaders in the field, if it be healthcare workers or scientists saying this is, you know, and just my own experience with people I know who have had COVID, like this is real. And, and we're not people who are like, ah, I don't think so. That's just lack of experience with it. So I guess my point is, is that I, the goal is, is how do you talk about something? We're talking macro right now, but let's go micro. How can we do that with our partner when they are not emptying the dishwasher? Yeah. Do you start being passive aggressive and, you know, say, well, you don't do anything or you don't listen to me? Or do you come at it and say, I understand you have a lot of things mm-hmm. and I respect your inherent dignity, et cetera. But I also, you said you're going to, you know, take everything out of the dishwasher and you're not. It's just like me saying, I understand that this is your experience, but can you look at other people's experience and see this too? Like, isn't this what it means to have discourse? Yeah. Like it, uh, at least productive, productive discourse. discourse. And, and I'm all about productive. I'm, I'm about to sit down with a friend of mine who goes to a certain church and we're going to have a, I am on one side of the argument. He's on the other side of the argument. And I know him well enough to know that we are going to have a productive discourse and that we're going to hear each other and listen to each other Yeah, and also try to speak our truth yeah. at the same time, which sounds like an easy thing, but our ego is so clever it wants to win badly. It does. And even like, you know, this this way that I'm talking to you, this is like m- my life's work of how to do this mm-hmm. effectively because my ego is no different than anybody else, which is I want to name call and I want to say, who do you think you are? And I want to like say, those people are dumb and these people are smart and I want to make it simple. Mm-hmm. And it's just not like that. Yep. Nothing is. No matter what, if we're talking about vaccines or education or um, you know, politics, or it's not that simple. And people who want to define it in those like in that in those binary terms, you're missing the whole boat. Like even you saying that you and you know your buddy are like he's on one side, I'm on the other. You're really not. No, as You're a matter not. of fact, that's going to be my point. You know, he has this belief in in God and the devil and religion and church, and I, I have a feeling he and I agree 
on most things we just call it different different words different words so like and st- let's get what's underneath the words like how, what does this word represent to Love. you because yeah. that's what this word represents to me so we're basically talking about the same thing underneath two very different words yeah we're fighting over the surface level of yeah. things which is you have to say it see it and speak it my way mm-hmm. and you know i've had um you know, there's certain things that we've talked to the girls about, you know, this gets into the weeds and, but where we've, you know, talked to them about, don't believe these certain things that are oppressive to you, but it doesn't mean that when the spiritual leader's name is used, then, then that's a bad thing. Right. Like, you know, using some people can, I'll just use the word Jesus, you know, the name Jesus, that name can be used to oppress people mm-hmm. and it can also be used to uplift people. Sure. And you have to use context yep. and you have to use your understanding of what, who that person is to you and not just say, any sign that says Jesus lives, oh, what a joke. It's like, to some people that can mean something powerful and to others it can be oppressive. And neither story is right, wrong, or bad. It just, you have to know the context. And you gotta listen for the context because it's not, it's it's much more difficult to arrive at that. It takes more patience, it takes more compassion, it takes more empathy, it takes more groundedness, more mindfulness. And in a world where we're going a million miles a minute, it's hard to get to that place. And the people who have been harmed by religion, you can understand why they just, like, um, I was just talking about Glennon's podcast, but one of the most powerful podcasts that she's done is where Abby, her wife, Abby Wambach, I was like, her wife, as if she doesn't stand Mm -hmm. on her own, Abby, you know, tells her story of what the church made her feel like, Mm -hmm. and that she decided if this is what the church, if this is who I represent in my church, then I'm out, Mm -hmm. and I'm a full-on atheist. I'm done. And where her process sense since being married to Glennon and seeing a different perspective on this is, is that really how I feel? Or did I just throw it all away because it was so harmful, which you can understand. I respect that. And people who are still there, I understand that. Um, And it's like, this is such a, um, it's such an intricate discussion. And, and I have it with my girls all the time because they have to make these decisions as adults. Like how, you know, we didn't raise them and say, you have to think this way. You have to believe this. We almost made gave them a tougher thing and said, "Here's all sorts of different things. Yeah. Now you have to sort through this." Yeah. And but what you can offer your children is the things we talked about before: love, self awareness, connection, mindfulness, you know, um, compassion. And really, when it when you dig down deep, that's what every major religion was originally built on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what every political party really wants for people yeah. underneath. But this surface level. Yeah has gotten messy. And um, so we just have to keep digging deep. But anyway, one more thing, Tom, then we'll go. Um, uh, One more thing about self-betrayal. The last one is we did a lot of shows about boundaries already, but I don't have clear boundaries Mm. and I'm afraid of saying no. And we, you know, the self-healing part would be to practice setting and keeping boundaries, even when it's uncomfortable. And so, you know, do you know what the name of my book is? for that's coming out Zen parenting it's called Zen parenting but it's taking care of ourselves and our children in an unpredictable world mm. and one of the most important parts of uh, to understand about an unpredictable world is that it's messy yeah. and the things that parents don't like is messy but the thing that's true about raising children is that it's messy and what that means is this conversation we were just having about religion or politics or vaccines it's messy yeah. and people don't like that but if we can get comfortable 
with the unpredictable world and the 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 uncertain world not comfortable with it inherently but that that's the way it is like this gets a little like where do you do you accept that it's messy then you can do something well and i what i say to my clients a lot when i'm coaching them the messiness is what's going to propel you to grow correct if things are easy or simple the likelihood of growth is much less likely. And then the big question that I'm sure your clients have is why do I need to grow? What's the importance of growth? I don't know. I just have this inherent belief that we are here as human beings to evolve and untie the knots that we tied, you know, in our adolescence and our teenage years. And anytime I get mad or reactive, there's some disowned part of me from my past that I have not yet figured out how to process through. So this messy situation that's showing up in my life right now, I could either look at it look at it as an adversary because it's disrupting my day and the way I wanted to wake up this morning. Or I could be like, oh, this is here for me to kind of figure out how am I going to process through this one? And there's no possibility for growth unless it's uncomfortable. And when you say messy, uncomfortable, what insert whatever word you want, but that's the, you know, it's like when I'm playing basketball, I'm not learning much when I'm destroying my opponent and I'm a much better, a much better player than they are. I learn more by getting my butt kicked. Right. And, and the, and I would say that everything, I agree with everything you said and that the bigger picture, you know, we're talking about macro micro is like, well, but why do I want to grow? Why is it important? Why can't things be easy is because that's not what we're supposed to, that's not why we're here, mm -hmm. that the whole purpose is this like deeper connection. And where are we going? We're going more inside. This gets a little, it's for some, this is going to sound like, but we're trying to get to the core of our hearts and like who we are and like our inherent belief system and, and our inherent goodness. And we're trying to make sure that we tap into that. The things that everybody's looking for in Instagram or scrolling or buying things or going on vacations if you've done that enough, you know it's empty, mm -hmm. right? So we're trying to do this outward, like reach out and get things and earn more money and then I'll feel better and you won't. What you end up, this hole that you have is this ability to go inside and and trust yourself and love people and love yourself and feel joy, not because you got a new car, but because you worked through something hard. Well, and for me, I want to get back to where I once was. And for some reason a year and a half always sticks in my brain. Like when your kids are born, they're like meatloaves and they don't do anything and all they do is take, take, take. But when they become a year and a half, I think they're still too young to worry that this is their toy or somebody else's toy. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody takes a toy away from, you know, and I'm just making this up, maybe it's a year, but there is a point where a child is so young and a toy gets removed from them, they don't care. Right. And they also have this capacity for laughter and levity. And I always think of sometimes when my kids were really young, we would close the door, no closet light. It was completely dark. There was nothing to be afraid of. They didn't like, have those stories yet. Yeah. I want to get back to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it doesn't mean I want to like undo all these things that I've that I've done in the last 48 years, but I want to get back to that place. And we have the capacity to do it because we already did it once, I just want to go back. Well, and the thing that I'll throw a wrench in that plan is part of the reason that that was the case is because your brain wasn't developed. I know. So let's get neurobiological right. here. So it part of it, the reason that kids could like close the door and turn yeah. off the lights is they didn't have that capacity yet right. to understand 
once they get abstract thinking or this could happen or this could happen, that's when they get afraid. So what we have run into, again, the paradox is we have these conscious brains filled with stories. They're different from dogs and cats and all these other things. Correct. And so for you to get back to being one and a half, it probably won't happen. But can you integrate the two? Can you take what you have learned as a conscious human being? Because the stories aren't all bad. Like there's also, you've learned a story about how to turn a doorknob Mm. because you've done it enough Mm -hmm. that you don't have to think about it anymore. And that benefits you. But the story of people are cruel, stay away from people... That didn't benefit you because it's not true. Yeah, I feel like what I want to do is that when a threat shows up in a typical day and I'm in an unconscious place and I'm walking through my world in an unconscious way and something happens and I react as if I'm about to die, like the survival mechanism, like I want to be able to pause and know actually when my customer just was rude to me that I'm not going to die, that was his stuff and not my stuff. I want to be able to discern the difference between an actual threat, which is a car is coming and I need to get out of the way, and my kid talking back to me. Because those are two very different things, yet we treat them the same. Do you remember, we actually talked about on the show, I wrote something about a month ago called Sparkle and Terror. Mm -hmm. And the, the terror, it was one of my Zen parenting moments, that terror is this feeling I get, like you just described, where something feels so... Like it could destroy me. Yeah. And I'm so afraid and I know it's based in history and I know that, you know, it's if it's hysterical or if it's hysterical, it's historical. Like I know and this feeling of terror and I know that it's something I need to look at and work through and and look in the eye because mm. there's something in there. And then sparkle is the feeling I get when I know something is just inherently good. It resonates with me. It's something I want to, you know, it's like a color yeah. or a feeling or a smell or an experience. And I'm like, that is who I am. Yeah. Like that smell is part of who I am because it's like that one and a half year old self where I just like it. Mm. Even if like, can I, this is kind of silly, but yesterday um, I was, JC and I were in the car and we were talking about music and she has a really eclectic taste in music. And she has a lot of friends who have a more classic rock taste in music or more alt, you know, Mm. taste in music. And I was saying to her, I go, you know, I go, I know this sounds silly. I said, but when you go to college, um, you're going to be exposed to a lot of different music and it's going to be great. And you're going to learn so much more than you already know. I said, but don't, don't let forget. go of what you love yeah. because that can be something that ends up happening in college where you're like, oh, I used to like pop music. Now I like the dead. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine that you like the dead or that now I like, you know, now I'm only into alt or now I'm only into Billie Eilish or now I'm only into this band that nobody else knows. Yeah. But is that really true or did you get exposed to something new, but you still like this other thing? And I said, you know, it's one thing that I can tell you, and this is just, this is why I said this to her. It's my own personal story is I went to school really liking pop music, hair bands, lots of things that people in college didn't like. And I still loved all the college music too. I loved all the classic rock and, you know, got very into certain, you know, Van Morrison and got very into other things like that, that were much more, that were different. But Part of what my friends and people know me for is is music because they are like, oh, Kathy likes this or I saw this song and it reminded me of you. And it's inherently part of who I am. And so to pretend that it's not, I said, I, you know, I, the example that I gave to her is why would you go somewhere and say your favorite color was green when it's blue? Mm-hmm. Why would you say that to people? That's a self-betrayal too. So you can be open-minded to other people's music and then appreciate what you love too. Sweetie, I appreciate music you love. Yes, I'm sure you do. 
Yes. <laughs> when you say that I want it that way, tell me why. I'm playing this because, Kathy, didn't you used to get made fun of in college for liking these guys? Uh, they were not around in college. Oh, after um, post-college? Yes. I was in my 20s when I started liking Backstreet Boys and people told me I was too old. Um, and that I shouldn't. And, and you know what? Nobody was like, you shouldn't. They just made fun of me. Yeah. What do we do to each other as friends when people are like, you know, my roommate is on her way to a widespread pa- panic concert and everyone's like, so cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I have the latest, you know, <laughs> Backstreet Boys, you know, disc. Like nobody's like, cool. Well, and but, I think what you're saying is just don't forget who you are and what, right. what makes you what makes you click. Right. And, and you know, college is an interesting thing because I'm glad you had that conversation with JC. I think it's a wonderful lesson is be open to new experiences, listen to new music, you know, let the world influence right. you. It's the paradox. And at the same time, don't forget you like, you know, Ben Rector and all these other people right. that you like, JC. So. Well, and this is the thing is when people talk about music, like I read a lot of Rolling Stone and I read articles about music. Like I, I do love Backstreet Boys and I do love pop music, but you know me, I love all music. Sure. And so like, I love eighties. I love nineties. I love, um, classic. I love what my dad loved. Mm-hmm. You know, I love James Taylor. I love it all. And my experience is subjective. I like this song. I like this band. I like this and it's subjective. It's not objective. When I say a band is good, it doesn't mean everyone should think this band is good. It's good to me because of my feelings and my experiences. Well, it's almost like anytime anybody ever says anything, it's their opinion. I know, but we have these writers and these and, and sometimes it's just a classmate who is like, oh, they know everything about music. And they say that the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles. Mm. So they are. Mm. And it's like, wait a second. Mm. Not necessarily. Yeah. It's subjective. Now, you can get into the nitty gritty of they wrote their own songs or they've been around longer or they stayed together longer. You can have your criteria. You know, it's like I used to argue with people about the list of the top 100 guitarists and be like, oh, no, this one's better because of... But it's just a game of like, it's like in Men Living, you guys do that thing of music, like what's the best band? Oh yeah, the bracket tournament. The bracket tournament. And it's like everyone starts to eliminate like, who do you like better, this band Mm. or this band? And it's fun. I did it too, even though I'm not really in Men Living, but it's fun. But the truth is, it's just my, there is no like, that that means the best band is this. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is truth and then whatever the capital T truth is are two very different things. And nobody owns the capital T truth. And it's the same with movies. You know, I love this kind of movie. Well, the only real kind of movie is this kind of movie. It's like, what are you talking about? I like this movie. And, And it doesn't mean you need to like it, but to say nobody should like it. So this gets into a type of self-betrayal too, which is it's okay if you like something and you don't have to apologize for it and you don't have to say, yeah, I'm kind of cheesy. I'm not kind of cheesy. I like this and I like this and this is, this is who I am. So anyway, I know we're ending because you're looking at me like we are. Are we done? I think we're done. Um, I want to give a shout out to Men Living. We're a virtual and in-person community of guys connecting deeply and living fully. Um, If you're interested, go to menliving.org. And I also coach guys one-on-one. Go to toddadamscoaching.com. First session is free. Um, Anything else? We have a Zen Talk this Friday. We'd love to see some new people on the Zen Talk. Uh, anything else you want to promote or share or anything, sweetie? I think that's it. Um, We will... um 
I think that's all to it. One thing I will share is most likely those of you who get Zen parenting mo- moment, I may, you may not be getting much for the next week mm-hmm. because I have, as I said at the beginning of the show, I have a daughter going to college. I have girls going back to school. I, there's a lot going on and I am going to, as I said, what do I need right now? I need to focus in yeah. on these people I love. So you might miss a few this week. And I'm also need to focus in on myself because I'm Boom. I'm grieving. So you're you know? practicing what you're preaching. Absolutely. So, so but it'll be back. Right. Um, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty. He's been our partner since the very first podcast, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. His website is avidco.net. His phone number is 630-956-1800. Give him a call if you need a new kitchen, new basement, paint the house, paint inside the house, paint outside the house, anything. Inside, uh, outside. Yeah, you name it. Uh, keep trucking, and we'll see you all next Tuesday. Have a great week. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us. The best part of what we do is getting to spend time with our listeners in an awesome community of parents who have come together over at Team Zen. Team Zen is a great opportunity to connect as much as you want with a group of like-minded parents, and you'll even get exclusive content from Kathy and me. Find out more about Team Zen on our site, zenparentingradio.com. We know your inbox needs more hopeful and helpful info, so sign up for the Zen Parenting Moment. Two times a week, you'll receive a quick read that will boost your day and improve your outlook. Sign up at zenparentingradio.com. While men and women, moms and dads, parents and non-parents are all welcome here at ZPR, we know most of our followers are female and moms. So today we're shouting out an opportunity that's just for the guys. Men Living creates opportunities for men to gather together to give and get support and build friendship. I am one of the founders of the group, and you'll find me every week helping facilitate our virtual meeting on Wednesday nights at 7.30. Interested or want to share the details with someone you love? You can find the Zoom link at menliving.org. Ready for a Gen X view of personal growth? Join us for Pop Culturing, our podcast filled with humor, fun, and a characteristic emphasis on self-awareness as we explore movies, TV, and pop culture. And don't forget, I coach guys. So if you're interested, head on over to toddadamscoaching.com and schedule a one-on-one session. First session is free. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.